Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. It's cold, it's winter, it's the late season, and what changes and what do you have to do to be successful at deer hunting? We're going to look at the answers to these questions and more on today's episode. Hey, welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to talk about late season deer hunting. Now, I'm not talking late rifle season, you know, the second week. I'm talking about late season. I'm talking about after Christmas season. Maybe that's flintlock, muzzleloader, archery, um, you know shotgun, special firearms, jurisdiction, whatever it is in your state and your management area, we're talking about late season hunting. You know, what is going on in the late season and how do you have to change your game to be successful? Because at this point, the rut is over. Now, you even the secondary rut is pretty much tapped out. You know, there there is talk about the third rut, you know, phase three, but that's pretty much tapped at the beginning of the year the rut season is mostly done. Bucks are returning back to their home ranges, to their core ranges. Does are settling down. And most importantly, hunters are out of the woods. You know, Not a lot of people hunt the late season. Um, so you have a lot of opportunity here. And the deer are starting to settle down. Things are starting to quiet down. The deer are starting to settle down. Things are getting easier. There's less hunting pressure. You know, less deer getting shot at and spooked by other hunters. Things are starting to get quieter. So what do you need to do in the late season? Well, number one is food. Food is king in January. Or whenever the late season is where you live. You know, once bucks settle down and they've pretty much uh, given up on, on the last throws of the rut, they're hungry. They're tired and they're hungry and they want to eat and they want to eat as much as they can and they want to build up their strength for the, the heart of the winter. So bucks are going to return to their core ranges and they're going to be looking for food. And there's not much of it out there come January. There really isn't. Now, this can be a huge advantage 
if you're able to affect the area or find an area where there are some food sources, where there are some extra acorns, where there are some food plots that, that still have some forage on them, if you're able to find a, a reasonably dense food source, uh, even if it's small, you can find a lot of success in the late season. Everybody's hungry by this point. Does are hungry. A lot of the easy pickings are gone. Whatever you're hunting, whether it's buck or doe, or bucks who have lost their antlers even at this point, you need to be thinking about food. There also you need to be thinking about cover. A lot of the cover that was in the early season has died down. Snows brought it down. The woods are a lot clearer. They're more bare. So you need to be looking for where is there still good cover for bedding areas. You know, summer bedding areas are not necessarily going to be bedding areas in the late season. That tall grass, bushes, thickets, those could be gone. Those could offer insufficient protection by this time. So bedding areas may shift a little bit. So you need to keep an eye out for where's enough cover at this time of the year for deer to bed. Um, you know, what, what kind of cover will hold deer and then where is food? If you can find those two, then you really can find some good success in the late season. Now you may not, and usually won't be able to find big, heavy, nutrient rich food sources. So you got to think, okay, plan B deer can't find fields of wheat growing. Um, they can't find easy pickings from apple trees. They can't find acorns. Maybe there's snow on the ground that, that's stopping them from digging much. What is available? So you need to look at browse. You need to look at woody shrubs and tips. And you need to look at, you know, is there any honeysuckle around? You need to look for, is there anything that's still green? If you couldn't find anything green at all that's still green by this point, that's where you need to be watching. But, you know, deer are... They will eat whatever they can find, whatever they can chew down. Briars and, and thickets and jaggers and whatever's soft enough to chew. So you need to be keeping an eye out. You need to be looking for. You need to be aware of you know, wh what's around. Where are deer going to be able to browse? Where are they going to be able to munch? And you need to start camping those areas. Buck habits change. They're not taking, uh, they're not as adventurous as they were during the rut. They're not taking as many chances. They're not traveling as far. They're going to bed and eat and sleep in, in very small areas. There may be some bucks that are still, still feel the itch of the rut, the, the itch of the rut, they're, you know, looking for, you know, maybe does that were dropped uh, later in the year that are just now getting ready to breed. There may still be a little bit of that spark out there. Uh, so if you can if you can play that a little, play it. But for the most part, deer starting to settle down. So you need to look for cover and for food. Uh, bucks in particular, they're going to be looking for food. Uh, all deer are going to be looking for food. But once the rut ends and bucks sort of puttered out, they get hungry because they've been going and going and going and not eating enough during November and parts of December. So. Those are things to keep in mind. You know, what's the best time of day to hunt? Well, I think early morning and late afternoon are, are still the prime times, uh, especially when in between weather patterns. So you got 
you know, heavy snow that comes in. Nothing's moving when there's heavy snow falling. You know, deer aren't moving. Turkeys aren't moving. Coyotes aren't moving. People shouldn't be moving. Nobody's moving. But you've got the day after a heavy snowfall, or you've got the, the day before, or the few hours before it starts. Deer know it's coming, or they know that it just lifted, and they know they need to find something neat. So they're getting out and about. They're looking. They're moving a little more at those times in the daylight. And they may just be moving more to stay warm, depending on the temperature. So um, as always, big temperature shifts, especially down, are going to be causing more movement. You know, if it's if, if the low for one day is 40 and the low for the next day is 25, you want to hunt the 25. That drop is just going to push deer to be a little more a little more active, to get going, get the blood flowing, stay warm, look for more food. They're hungrier. They, they, they want to eat what they can to try to help them stay warm from a metabolic level. So these are factors to think about. Would the same stands work from the rifle season here in the late season? Maybe. It really depends. There's no pat answer for that. It really depends on the area. Now, does in particular don't tend to move a lot year-round. If a does are in an area, they're going to live in an area year-round if there's food and cover. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Bucks are going to move a lot in during the, the rut and the pre-rut and a little bit of the post-rut. And then they're going to retreat back to their core areas, to their home ranges. So if you have a home range for bucks, you know, that, that they were at, uh, that it's where they normally hang out, they'll be starting to return there. So if they were gone during the rut, if they're still alive, they may be coming back now. Um, 
So those are things to keep in mind. You're not likely to see, you know, bucks, bucks cruising around all day looking for does like you did during the rut. Um, but the good news is, like I said, not as many people are hunting. Hunting pressure is lifted a lot. Things are getting easier. Deer are a little less paranoid. They may have a little more daytime movement. So your chances improve a little bit. But, uh, you know, when you get to the late season, it, I think it's an exciting time to be in the woods. I really do. Because, one, um, you know, it's quieter, it's clear, it's clean. Snow makes it easier to see deer. That can really help hunters. They're a little less paranoid. But, two, uh, it's just more time to be outside. You know, the number one reason I started archery hunting was because I was like, two weeks of being outside is not enough. If I'm able to get three or four months, that's amazing. And where I hunt, archery continues up until the last week of January. So it's literally a four-month hunting season, which is phenomenal. It's exactly, you know, it's everything I'd ever hoped it would be. So there's a lot of opportunity in the late season but you need to think a little differently. You may need to move some stands. You may need to do some scouting. You may need to just keep your eyes out. And, um, you know, the number one thing is keep warm. Throw some hand warmers in your boots. Layer up heavy. Dress warmer than you think you need to dress. Because when you sit for hours and it's windy, you'd be amazed at how you thought those three layers were going to be enough. And you'd give anything for a fourth or a fifth one. So overdress and make sure you stay warm make sure that you eat because food helps your body stay warm so all things to keep in mind and i don't recommend all day sits in the postseason i do not recommend you sit all day the weather and all those factors i recommend you're going out for morning or evening sits you know, be out there first thing, or, you know, if it's getting dark at five, get out there at around one or two, and, you know, hunt it like that. I think dawn until 11, and then, or, uh, you know, one or two to, to, to dark is probably ideal. You don't need to be out there longer than that. Don't, don't do that to yourself, um, unless, you know, you've got good reason to, or you have ideal conditions, or, you know, you just have a comfortable setup because you got to think, you know, the longer you're out there and the winds change over the course of the day, this is the other side of it. And this is true at all times. It's not unique to the late season, but it's just worth mentioning here again. The wind changes throughout the course of the day. So in the morning, you might have an east wind and that east wind makes your stand location, you know, really good. That wind may fluctuate throughout the course of the day. As it warms up and then cools down, that wind may change, that wind may shift. You also have to think about thermals. You know, in the morning, as the sun comes up, things are getting warmer, air is rising, your scent is rising, keeping it off the ground, helping you out a little bit. In the evening, things are starting to get cooler, your scent's coming down. It's tough to get closer to animals in the evening, and you really have to pay more attention to the wind. You know, there's certain times where, you know, if a wind's not 100% the way you want it, it's probably safer in the morning than the evening. So you need to play the winds. You need to be aware that one tree stand is not likely going to be ideal for an entire day sit. Even if the conditions start out right, 
by the end of the day. You know, you've just been blowing scent all over that place. I really do think you're better off coming out. If you want to do an evening sit, come out in the evening because you won't have been in that place with the wind changing all day, blowing your scent east and west and north and south, potentially just keeping deer from ever getting close to you. Come out when you plan the hunt, when, when you know which way the wind's going, and then you have not uh, polluted that entire area with your scent as the winds change throughout the day. You know, that's maybe not the, you know, the best way of saying it, but you get the idea. So I hope that's helpful. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com for the show notes, more tips, other episodes, lots there for you. Appreciate you guys. God bless you and go get them in the woods.